This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Happy Halloween, Gordon. Same to you, my friend. How's everything going tonight? Everything Any is going great. Ghosts or goblins that uh, have appeared at the door or anything like that? Uh, can I be honest? Yeah. Um, the kids were fabulous. Uh-huh. Very imaginative costume. Okay. Some of the teens, poor job. Really? Yeah. No costumes to, at all. Yeah, they start they to came lose as a themselves. little interest. That's not... <clears throat> That's not that's not uh, what we're looking for. We're looking no, for no, a little no. create, a little effort, right? Something. Show me something. Uh, I almost didn't. I almost didn't give. I almost was Scrooge. Yeah. Well, you you, I don't know something. if you've ever seen that that episode of uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm when Larry like questions the two girls of their age and everything else, and they come back and toilet paper his house and <laughs> spray some, spray paint something on his door, which is not very kind either. No, so no. you're better off just giving up the the Milky Ways or the whatever it is, you know, and going about your day. I did ask one person who they were, mm-hmm. and she said. I really don't know who I am. <laughs> oh, well. Join the club. <laughs> that's, a, that's a question we're all asking ourselves sometimes during the wow. course of our lives, right? I felt like we were about to have a Dr. Phil moment. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's early. We just started. It's plenty of time. I was like, wow. We don't, well, you know, that, that, that's, that, that makes two of us. I have no clue who you are either. But, you know, <laughs> uh, have a good night. Be safe out there, you know. But otherwise, it was otherwise it was a fun Halloween. Uh, the kids do it the best, though, Gordon. Oh, yes, so of cute. course. It's a fun. Oh, it's a, so you know, and it feels like it's just getting bigger and bigger. Every it's, year, it's getting bigger and bigger now. It's, it's can I say this, from a decorating standpoint, oh, it's knocking on Christmas's door. Yeah, it really it's is. It's knocking on Christmas's door. Absolutely. All the skeleton you ever see those giant skeletons yes. people have, and yes, you know different animal skeletons. I saw a horse skeleton today. I was like, what? What's the significance of the horse skeleton? <laughs> Not was good. that just on sale that day? You're like, you know, I don't have enough for the dog or the giant twelve foot guy. Just give me the horse. Uh, that might be that might be a a, a fan of uh, you know a, a headless horseman know or something. Well. I was trying to think of what it was. <laughs> I'm driving the car. I'm driving onto the wrong streets because I'm too busy thinking about the. The skeleton of the horse. I don't know. Yeah, well, maybe they didn't want a horse head in the bed, so they put a horse That's head true. outside. <laughs> you, you never want that. <laughs> you never want that. A little godfather action, huh? Yeah. Well, Gordon, I tell you, um, I feel bad for the Jets fan. I really do. Because they're, they're torn. And here's why they're torn, Gordon. I mean, let's be fair. Zach Wilson has not played well. He... They they won in spite of him. Mm-hmm. They won because he they ran the ball. They won because he did a he did a very good Mark Sanchez impersonation. He managed the game. They ran defense played well. Special teams played well. All he had to do was not turn the football over, and they won games. And so now he was asked to do a little bit more. Uh, I still felt they should have run the ball more than they did yesterday. I think they ran it, what, 15, 16 times? That's not enough. Outside of Zach Wilson, it was 14. Okay. So, and he threw for 300, over 300 yards. Hey, woohoo! that's great. But he had three picks. And so, here's the question for the Jet fans. And I know you, and listen, I know you're tired of hearing it, but you're going to hear it all week. <laughs> you might as well ride on it. But we're coming from a different perspective. I want to know what the solution is. Is it a scenario where you say, okay, he's played 18 games. We know there's going to be mistakes. We know sometimes he makes the same mistake. It's frustrating. 
But there's people who are ready to move on from him, Gordon, and he's the second-round pick. It's as bad as he was yesterday. It's too early to move away from him. So my thinking is going forward, if he continues to play like this, Gordon, you're going to have to go out and get a veteran quarterback and sit him down next year. You're going to have to. He, he's not ready. He's not, he's, not, he's not performing and moving at a rate where you can say, okay, he's doing good. He gave you three games with no turnovers, but he didn't really throw the ball. Now he throws the ball. He gives you three turnovers in bad situations. And we'll talk about John Franklin Myers and what he did, and we'll talk about the bad special teams because that's all part of it. But Gordon, he is. the question is still going to be, which is why you can't give up on him because you really need to find out for the rest of the season, is he your franchise quarterback? If he continues to play like this, the answer is going to be not yet. And you're in a position where the team is moving along and he isn't. And so you may have to get a veteran quarterback next year. Well, look, I mean, we, we've said that they won in spite of him. They lost yesterday because of him. He is the reason why they lost that game. He's not the only reason. There's a lot of people. Everyone on the Jets should be looking themselves in the mirror after that performance yesterday. But the, the number one is obviously the quarterback. You can't have a 10-3 lead and allow that to slip away against a team that you, you never beat. You, ne- you never beat them. I mean, it's been seven years since you've beat – seven years, Larry, since you've beaten them even once. You've now lost 21 of 23 against them. That's almost impossible. So the reason they lost the game yesterday was clearly Zach Wilson. And, and I think you, you have two roads that you can go down here. Either you're saying to yourself, the number one thing is we got to get this kid fixed and we got to get him up to speed and we're going to keep throwing him out there come hell or high water, regardless of what the results are, regardless of how it impacts the team, regardless of the standings, or you got to start thinking to yourself, we have a greater obligation to the team than we do to Zach Wilson. I, I don't think that there's any other way you can look at this. They have a greater obligation to the team, Gordon. There are people on this team who uh, – you got 37-year-old Dwayne Brown, <laughs> okay? And I understand he's just a fill-in. But, Gordon, he came back to play for this team. All right? He could have went somewhere else. I'm sure there's other places that need offensive linemen. He decided to come here for a reason. Maybe it was the money, whatever. But there are veterans on this team. There are young players on this team, Gordon, who are, who are moving forward, who are advancing. And so at some point in time, you're going to have to make a decision. And I agree with you. It's can you get him fixed? Well, I don't know because he doesn't seem to listen. Does that make sense? He doesn't seem to listen, Gordon. No, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. He doesn't. I mean, he's making the same mistakes over. It's not different things each week. It's generally the same thing. It's the same thing. Over and over again. It's why do you feel you have to, why do you feel you have to run backwards to make a play? And run and just running and running and running and running and not going anywhere. Gordon, if you were running, I would rather you run for three positive yards and slide down than to run backwards 20 yards and then throw the ball out of bounds. Especially when sometimes you don't throw the ball out of bounds. I mean, you can't, I mean come on. And, and, and he's been flirting with this. He has been, there's lot. been other throws and other games where you're like, oh, my God, that, that was almost a disaster. This was the week where those almost disasters became disasters. So I agree with you. I mean, I think you start. 
I don't know what Robert Sala is going to say here if this continues because you are going to need him to do more than he has so far. Uh, and the Jets are not an organization. The, the Jets, outside of the quarterback, look like they could be a playoff team this year. Given mm-hmm. their schedule, given the landscape of the AFC, given their talent level, it looks like they could be a playoff. They are not an organization that can be turning down playoff spots. Nope. Given what, with how long it's been since they've made the playoffs. Nope. I mean, you have an obligation. Not It's not just the quarterback. And if he's not going to come along and help in, in the process, I think at some point you got to see what might be Mike White has. And now that's a very curious move, Gordon Damer, how he was elevated to number two out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. He was just elevated. Well, we want to see. Hopefully he doesn't have to play. And hopefully, you know, Zach doesn't get hurt. We hope he doesn't get hurt. But, you know, in the event that he does, we want to take a look at what Mike White. Well, why didn't you want to look at Mike White? Why didn't you want to look at Mike White at the beginning of the season? Or, well, or was it, you know, was, was it, well, he didn't have a good camp or a good training camp or whatever it was. Now, all of a sudden, you want to move him up. And, Gordon, there's extra pressure now on Zach Wilson because I'm telling you, if he has another game close to that, Gordon, if he if he has two picks in the first half against Buffalo, are you going to sit him down? You almost have to. You all, I mean, you almost have to. That would be five turnovers in, in a game and a half. You almost have to. And, and look, Zach Wilson was the reason, the primary reason that you lost the game. But as you mentioned, the coaching staff. What is the coaching staff doing? What, what, what is the offensive coordinator doing? That was not a blowout game. How are the Jets throwing the ball 41 times and rushing 14 times? That makes sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. And I get it. Michael Carter wasn't great yesterday. Uh, James Robinson in the, in, the, in the few carries that he got, you know, he's just kind of coming in here. And, but you can't have – I mean, like, this is not the first time this has happened. This happened with Joe Flacco when he's throwing the ball 50 times. I don't understand how they allow themselves to get so far off of balance – and so unbalanced, so quickly. It's just very strange where you knew Zach Wilson was clearly struggling. Like, why don't you? And I get it. The Patriots were daring them to, to throw the ball and daring Zach Wilson to beat him. Come up with something, something creative to get the ball out of Zach Wilson's hand as quickly as possible and get it into the running back's hands as quickly as possible. Um, you know, the, the special teams yesterday was atrocious. The defense with that huge penalty, as you mentioned, atrocious. You know, the Jets have to be perfect to be able to uh, to to get one of these wins. I mean, 13 straight. I don't – I went back and looked. It has to be – and I wasn't able to find a definitive number. That has to be one of the longest losing streaks in a division in the history of the NFL. 13 the, – I'm pretty sure the – I'll go back and check at the break. The last time the Jets – beat the Patriots, I believe their leading receiver in the game was Dustin Keller. Probably was. I mean, because that's that how was, long ago that was. Yeah, that was the that was the playoff game? The, other than the playoff game? That might have been it. Oh <laughs> other than the playoff game. Where, you know, the can't wait game? Yeah. That that might have been it might have been one of them. This is I mean this is a <laughs> I disaster. I mean right. the quarterback is an absolute disaster. And this was what you were, you know, you knew going in, right? Uh, Bruce yeah. Hall's gone. We're going to need to rely on him a little bit more. We're going to have to throw a little bit more at him. Can't do and it. And he, he was a mess. He was a mess. And the sad thing was, Gordon, 
there's a couple of times when you see him hitting the tight end. Look great. Yeah. Oh, look, if he can just do – if he can go to his first read, he's great. You know, if he can, you know, five steps, seven step drop, boom, go, fine. As soon as that's not there and as he soon pens. as he has to improvise or he's, as soon as the, the um, you know, the line starts to get a little leaky. He's, he's done. He's running around like a chicken with his head cut off and, right, and, and right. running and, extend, and extending the play. No, don't extend the play anymore. Because it's play. negative yardage. Yes. See, that's the thing. If you're extending the play and you get, you get back to the line of scrimmage or you, you take the sack or whatever, Gordon, I get it. All right, let's, let's live. Because the defense, aside from yesterday, if you punt, you still gain yardage. Because yeah. of the way the defense is played, when you get it back, you're going to be in better position. And listen, Gordon, I know the defense didn't play great, but they, they sacked Mac Jones six times. I'm saying so, you know – you put them in position in some of these places where they had a short field. And so yeah. now, you know, you, you, it's, it, was, it was just, it was such a frustrating thing because it's Belichick. And it's not a great New Orleans, it's not a no, great New England they're, team. they're a mediocre team. They're a mediocre team. And Unfortunately, they might be better great. than the Jets. They, well, they were yesterday. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> yeah. They were yesterday. And, and their quarterback is no great shakes either. No. But he looked better than Zach Wilson yesterday. He and, did. you know, and another one for the coaching staff. How is it that you say, well, you know, we're not punishing Elijah Moore? He gets 10 snaps, zero target. Uh, one, did he have one target? Maybe he had one target yesterday. On a day where you're, you're down the, the running back, Brees Hall, and. Um, and, and the receiver as well is out. Corey Davis, yeah. Corey Davis is out. I mean, how is that possible? Well, what do we do? You threw the ball 41 times, and Elijah Moore now is getting one target? That's it? Denzel Mims had more targets. Yeah. <laughs> right. Denzel says, Mims says, hey, now you know where it is in Chateau Bow Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. He had, that, he had that one for like 65 yards or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, but that was, you know, the, you see 22-17 and you see Zach Wilson throw for 355 yards. You think, well, you know, he did have some interceptions, but it wasn't so bad. No, it was bad. It, it was, was bad. It was worse than bad. He was the reason you lost the game. And, you know, for all the praise that we've given Joe Douglas during this winning streak and this pick and that pick and he won the draft, if he got that pick wrong, well, then everything else is up for debate. I mean, that's the most, the most important thing that the GM has to do is find the quarterback. And if he screwed that up, he screwed it all up. 1-800-919-3776. 1-800-919-ESPN. Uh, we'll take your phone calls. We'll hit you up on Twitter. And when we return, Gordon Damon has a very important message about the Michael K. Show. We'll tell you about that next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. He's Gordon Damer. I'm Larry Hardesty. We call it ESPN New York Tonight, 1-800-919-3776. Gordon and I will chat in a second. Let's hear from Patrick in Jersey. Patrick, you're up first on ESPN New York Tonight. Uh, hey, what's up, guys? Uh, uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. I was uh, at the Jets game yesterday, and the first half, it was good. That interception was insane, but when it was called back for that weird call, it kind of was a huge punch in the gut. But that second half, man, once Zach Wilson left the pocket, he looked like a chicken with his head cut off. I've never seen 
So many Jets fans lose their minds so fast. I hear what you're saying, Patrick. And, you know, and thanks for the phone call. Now that you've done it, call back. Uh, Gordon, that interception return that was called back, the Jets never recovered from that. Yeah, they I mean, never you, recovered from you that. could you could see them imploding. I mean, you could you could watch it and you could see them imploding in real time. Um, yeah, because you know if you can get into the half down ten three, you feel good about where you're at. Um, but then all of a sudden they get the field goal right before the half. They come out, they get the touchdown right away. The Jets miss a field goal. I mean, it just it spiraled out of control very quickly. And you know, Jet fans, I think were. I don't want to say overly optimistic, but they were cautiously optimistic. You know, you saw the the fan that had the big receipt for Halloween. You know, they were dressed up as a receipt and the players or something. You know, I, I think a lot of Jet fans thought, you know what? And I thought, the Jets are due. They, they got to win one of these games eventually. Patriots aren't as good. The Jets are better than they've been. But it comes back to the quarterback. The, the Jets have one way, really, they, they can beat you. It's almost kind of like the Giants. Mm-hmm. that they're going to beat you with good defense. The defense is solid. They're going to be able to get after the quarterback. They're going to run the ball. They have to limit mistakes, and they got to play clean overall. And they did not do that yesterday, but most of all, the quarterback imploded. And they're not going to be able to overcome that. No, they can't. And once again, that John Franklin Myers roughing the passer penalty. Yeah. It's 17-3, Gordon, okay, mm-hmm. assuming that special teams even had kicks the extra point right. Right. It's 17-3. Gordon, that changes everything. It changes how New England runs their offense. It changes a bunch of things. And maybe in that scenario, now you're more comfortable running the ball. You know what I mean? Now because you've got a lead, you're more comfortable. Now, of course, you still have to mix it up. You can't sit on the lead. But I just think if it's 17-3, there's a little difference. That the Jets going with a little more confidence. It's almost like even though there's new guys on here, it's almost like, oh, no, here we go again. You mean to tell me we're in this situation? And the other thing for me that was just really, really frustrating is not only, and I don't know why they don't do it, but you know in the second half, one of the reasons why the Jet defense struggled was when New England came out, they came out in the hurry up. They came out so when the Jets couldn't substitute, they couldn't, they, the package that they had on the field stayed on the field. And New England just marched right down. And for me, I don't understand why maybe he can't handle it. Maybe Wilson can't handle it. But, Gordon, I would think speeding up the tempo, keeping changing the pace, doing something with a defense that's been dominating and wearing you out would be the first thing that you would try. Yeah, well, look, I mean, a lot of times we ask these questions, we think to ourselves, you know, there's got to be a reason, right? Um, maybe, maybe not. Maybe you're right, but – Maybe they're just trying to to keep him and and cover him up as much as possible to keep him just doing what he is supposed just hitting the the routine plays uh, because this I mean it kind of you know I can't really say that he's regressed because this is kind of what it looked like last year. So you really can't yeah. say it's a regression from last year. This is kind of what it looked like. I mean he was bun- he was bouncing passes to the to the backs out of the backfield. He was missing guys by a good wide margin. He's running around like, you know, there's no other way to describe it, like a chicken with his head cut off, just, yeah. you know, spinning around, and it was, uh, it was not good. And just to recap, Jets' second-half drives, missed field goal, punt, interception, interception, downs, punt, touchdown. 
And of course, game. the touchdown was, yeah, the game's over at that point. But still, <laughs> you know, missed field goal, punt, interception, interception. Uh, at that point, it was you know, 22 10. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Th- I mean, 13 in a row, Larry. 13 games in a row. Joe tells me, Gordon, the last time they beat them overtime, 2015, Brandon Marshall. Okay. Your leading receiver. Before that, Dustin Keller, as you mentioned, leading receiver. Oh, my God. So 2015 was the last time they beat him, and they beat him in overtime with Brandon Marshall. 2015. 2015. Seven years, Gordon Damon. Seven that, years. That's Todd Bowles' first year, right? 2015? Yep. Eric Decker, the game-winning touchdown. Oh, my God. Eric Decker. Ooh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, God. baby. That Fitzy. Is, that is rough. 1-800-919-3776. When we return, we'll hear from Steve Young and Dan Olowski, a couple of quarterbacks, to see if they can figure out what's wrong with Zach Wilson. We'll do that next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon, as you mentioned, came to a similar fate than the Jets yesterday as far as what Seattle was able to do. But in this case, you have to tip your cap to what the Seahawks are able to do defensively. They just stopped them, took the run away from them. They made them a passing team. And <laughs> Gordon, I just don't get it. I don't know who this is, alleged to be Geno Smith. But he looks like a totally different quarterback. I was trying to think. You know, like in sports, especially when you've, you've watched it as long as we have or some of the callers have, You've, you know, things come around, right? Like you've seen certain things happen before. This is the greatest upset since this. This is the greatest performance since that. I, I can't come up with a comparison for Geno Smith. I mean, he's, he's 33 years old. Yeah. He's been around the league for a very long time. He's never been the. It wasn't like he was this at a time and it dropped off and now he's back to being this. He's not ne- like, has there ever been a guy who was this bad and, and hung around this long primarily as a backup, who all of a sudden now it's clicked and, and clicked to a degree where, I mean, he's, I can't even say he's the comeback player of the year because he'd have to come back from, he's always, he's never been this. This isn't a repeat of anything. It's, uh, it's one of the most unbelievable stories. It's so unbelievable that if anybody even suggested it to you like a caller, you'd laugh at them and hang up the phone. Yeah. It's it's preposterous. He's a different person. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And and is it coaching, Gordon? Is it is it you know because we talk about the NFL and coaching and how big it is, right? Is it coaching? Is it the perfect? Is it the perfect game plan for him? Is it? I mean, I don't know. He just he's so confident. He throws the ball around. He doesn't turn it over. He runs. He 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 holds on to the ball because they hit him a couple of times. I thought the ball was going to fly out. Nothing happened, and he just marches him right down the field. I mean, he hit he hit Lockett with a pass that Lockett dropped. I'm like, that's almost a perfect throw. Yeah, no, I mean, look, he has he has been since. There's no other way to put it. I mean, he's been the most efficient passer in in the sport at the age of 32. I know uh, that does not that does not happen. It doesn't. Uh, I believe now he's already thrown as many touchdown passes in a season that he's ever thrown before, and we're at week. Not you know next week is week nine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is a guy that's bounced around a long time and has never played. I think it has to be some maturity on his part, mm-hmm. uh, not just like you know his mental maturity, but also like physical maturity of like knowing what he's good at, what he's not. But I think coaching has to be a part of it. The situation has to be part of it too. 
but it's absolutely incredible what he is, uh, what he's been able to do, and, and congratulations to him. I mean, he has been what a what an incredible story. Again, if anybody had brought it up before the season, it would have sounded preposterous. It would have, it would have, and and Seattle's extremely happy because. They're not paying him what they would have had to pay Russell Wilson. No, No, he's been better than Russell Wilson. They're not paying him what they had to pay Russell Wilson. And they got draft picks for Russell Wilson. (laughs) It's It's absolutely incredible. It is. It is. As we mentioned, our quarterback guru, Dan Olofsky, all over the ESPN area today, on First Take, on Get Up, on SportsCenter. Here's his advice for Zach Wilson. If I was in Zach Wilson's quarterback room right now, this is what I'd say to him. It's time to grow the fudge up, dude. Amen. It's time to grow up, dude. You're not in the Mountain West anymore, champ. Yeah. Okay? The, uh, Gary Kubiak called me over as a young quarterback one time and said, you got to understand, man, that when you have that ball in your mm-hmm. hands, you have everybody else's job in our building. Livelihoods. Yeah. It's not just yours. Yep. It's everybody. There's a difference between carelessness and aggression. There's a difference between confidence and ego. Right now, you play with such ego, such carelessness, such recklessness with the football and there's moments in that game where you sit there and go that's what it looks like there's that second round talent but these decisions are unbelievably reckless you don't have to do this anymore Zach you are a talented enough player and there's 70 snaps a game this means you have to grow up because right now you're holding your football team and certainly your offense back it is such and I think I've mentioned this a number of times Gordon but it it, it bears uh, repeating This is just like the first year with Mark Sanchez. And even Mark Sanchez admitted, Gordon, that Tony Richardson at the time, Thomas Jones, now the thespian, who was a very serious dude that you didn't mess with, and a couple of other veterans. I'm sure Bart Scott was one. Damian Woody was one. They they pulled him aside, him being Mark Sanchez, and said to him, Personally, can you stop blanking throwing the football around the yard like we're like you're in the playground? You can't throw it around like that. You have to have more respect for the football and take care of the football. That's what you have to do. And Gordon, I don't know who and once they said it the last time, Gordon, he got it. So I don't know who's gonna be that person to have to say it to Zach Wilson this time, but it is when you watch him, it is just it is a selfish idea that no, 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 I can make a play. No, your job is to if it's not there, get rid of it, throw it away. Your job is not to, to as somebody said, your job is not to be Brett Favre and run around and toss it up and down the field like you think you're a five year, eight year veteran. That's not what you do. Because you don't do it well. <laughs> no, no. I mean, yesterday, oof, that was, that was rough. That was a rough second half. That was a rough performance overall. And as I said before, though, to me, it, it's not just you know, like Zach. Like the the Geno thing kind of shows you. Like we think that these guys come out and they're drafted wherever they're drafted, and they're a finished product. And you just have to wait for a little while until they figure it out and they get their feet wet and, and it's just going to all of a sudden come together and they're going to be what they are. And they're going to be what they are no matter what the situation is, no matter what the talent, no matter what the coaching. And it's just not that way. 
So Zach Wilson has a lot of stuff to learn, but to me, it's on the coaching staff to make sure that he learns it. And maybe the conversation has to be had. If this continues, you will not be the starting quarterback of the New York Jets. That's the stage that we're at right now. We're a good enough team to make the playoffs. We're the team in the NFL that has not made the playoffs in the longest period of time currently. We should be in the playoffs this year. We have the ability to do that. But you are holding us back. And if you continue to be careless with the football and running around and, you know, thinking you're back at BYU, you will not be that starting quarterback. And it's also on them to stop with the Elijah Moore nonsense, to make sure that he is getting targeted and run plays for him and make sure that the game plan stays on schedule so that you're not throwing the ball 40 times and running the ball what did I say, 13, 14 times? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's on a lot of them. It's not just on Zach Wilson, but unfortunately he's the one that is going to be the most glaring because he's the one that's really holding you back primarily right now. But you can't allow that to continue to be the case. You can't. And you're facing a team next week in the Buffalo Bills where you have to put up points. Okay, you have to be able to score with them, to 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 hang in the game, to be competitive. And that team even though they got me good on cover five last night, Gordon, they gave up that last touchdown yeah. to Green Bay. Oh, they! Just, I could just, I, I could just, I could just slap them defensively. I could just slap them defensively. But, but that's what they do. And, and I tell you, I mentioned it to Samini last night, and we will get to the calls in a second. If they put Gardner on Diggs, uh, it'll be a nice education for the young man. This is what you want. Is this is how you learn. Okay, he's played well, Gordon. He's he's done a nice job. He does. He has played well. I will say this about and look, this is not to take anything away from Sauce Gardner because if they allow you to do it, uh, do it. But he, I mean, he is very physical and he, he, he gets is. away for a rookie. Yeah, he gets away with a lot more than most rookies would. Yeah, you're right. You're right. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Calls the next. I promise on ninety eight seven ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Top of the hour, we'll turn our attention to the New York football giants. But right now, let's talk to you on the phones. And let's see what you have to say. Let's start with Black in Brooklyn. Black, you're next on 98.7. Good morning, gentlemen. I wanted to say that I always thought Gino was good. I watched him with the Jets. He only had 31 starts before he got to got to Seattle, and I think the uh, Jets situation has always been a toxic situation with Rex Ryan under them circumstances, so you can't really, you know, properly assess anyone under those circumstances. And and if you compare him to his 31 games to Daniel Jones' first 31 games or Zach Wilson's 31 games, I think you're going to see they're struggling too. So he didn't get another opportunity. I think what he's what you're seeing now, he's always had arm talent. His confidence was shattered by being in the New York market under unstable situation. And once he got his jaw broke, that was a further dent to his confidence. And Todd Bowles pulled it. You know, he did the he made a dumb move going to Fitzpatrick as if he didn't have enough history to show you he was going to be what he always is, a guy that has up and then a lot of downs and then you believe in him and you lose. So I think he's got the perfect coach. Pete Carroll is a positive guy, and Gino's his his talent is shining through. Black, thanks for the phone call, but let let's be fair, let's be fair. I mean, in his first three years with the Jets, Gordon, he had twenty seven touchdowns and what is that, thirty five picks? 
Gino. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, look, I mean, I, you not, know, Gino did not help himself either. No, he didn't. You know, you can talk about, uh, you know, his yeah. confidence was shattered. You know, there was a reason why he was getting his jaw broke. You know what I mean? Like, he, you know, he, part of that was on him as well. Um, not handling things well. You know, the whole thing out in San Diego where, you know, the story was that he didn't change his, his, his watch to, to mm-hmm. West Coast time and mm-hmm. went to see Gone Girl. You know, so some of this stuff is, is the maturity of him as well. Now, look, yes. going to the Jets in that situation wasn't great. He didn't help himself at times. And sometimes, you know, it, it takes you a while to figure things out. It takes you a while to get in a good situation. He's obviously in a good situation now. Look, Gino was not a fifth-round pick. He was a second-round pick that what a lot of people thought was going to go in the first round. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he had talent, but, I mean, I do think that we have to keep in mind sometimes when we're talking about other quarterbacks, sometimes it takes a little while for them to figure it out and whether or not you're going to get the amount of opportunities to figure it out. Gino <laughs> is very fortunate that he has gotten this opportunity after, I mean, again, he's 32 years old. I yeah. mean, he's been around a long time. So credit to him for taking advantage of it. Absolutely. And I think he learned from, from Russell Wilson. He learned from sitting behind him. It's, mm-hmm. You know, you, it's it's once again, and yeah, Rex had whatever you say about Rex and toxic and all the other stuff. But you know what? He was, you know, he was, he was the last guy to have a winner on this team, you know, before Todd Bowles. And they haven't won much since since he, no. both of them have been gone. No. So you know, it's and he's been other places where he was not able to take advantage of his situation. So listen, he's doing great now, and that's and that's all that matters. He's 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 learned from his past, and now he's doing a great job. Uh, Dan's in Nyack. What's up, Dan? Hey, how's it going? Um, I kind of have a problem with all this grief about Geno Smith. I think you know his physical gifts are amazing. I think he had a horrible run in New York. I mean, to say that it's partially his fault that he got his jaw broken. I mean, there's no excuse for that. I I think. Well, look, and, I'm not uh, saying the jaw-breaking was his fault, but, like, he's putting himself in situations where he's getting into confrontations with teammates. That's not what you want the face of your franchise to no, be doing. No, it's, it's not what you want, but seriously, breaking someone's jaw no, is not. No, of course not. I'm not a, saying that. A way I'm saying to you're, respond you know, he, to he, he, was, he was a little immature at the time. Uh, right. Uh, but I think in Seattle, I mean, I think it's a perfect – I mean, I think that Pete Carroll is really responsible – not only for coaching Gino in a way that makes him really happy and productive, but also for recognizing that Russell Wilson was not the guy. And also for, you know, once he recognized, you know, they split with Russell Wilson, he didn't go out and get another quarterback for a boatload of money. You know, he stuck with the people he had who nobody thought were worthy of, of a starting job. And it turns out, that they were. So I, you know, kudos to, uh, to Pete Carroll, who I think is one of the best coaches, you know, certainly in the league now, but I think historically really is, is an amazing coach. All right, Dan, thanks for the phone call. 1-800-919-3776. I mean, Gordon, I just thought you were stating fact. I didn't think you were stating opinion. No, I'm not saying that anybody deserves to have their jaw broken. But again, you know, he got into a confrontation with a teammate about what was it about paying for some charity and he wasn't going to pay. And, you know, I mean, like, it's just not. And, and, you know, for all the the, the goodness of of Gino and and making it out now as if every it was everybody else's fault. He also did get a DWI in Seattle. So, I mean, you know, he look, 
People mature. People yes. get second chances. People deserve second chances. Gino has made the most of his. And you know what the best part about it is? What I like the best about him? He has not gotten into, oh, well, this person screwed me over and that person screwed me over. He's just living his life now and, mm-hmm. and, and enjoying the success that he has now and is not pointing fingers at anybody else. That might be the greatest sign of maturity. So Absolutely. good for him. And uh, look, the Seahawks, uh, the, the Giants might see the Seahawks again because it certainly looks like in that division, the Seahawks are going to be a playoff team. Yep, definitely, definitely. Uh, here's Joe and Wappingers. Hey, Joe, you're next on 98.7. Hey, good morning. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you? Good, Joe. What's going on, man? Uh, so I, I want to ask you a Giants question, but first I want to bring up a reference. You mentioned before, have we ever seen this before, Gordon? Yeah. Here's the guy that I'll here's the guy I'll point to, Rich Gannon. Yeah, it's not a bad one. Yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, I mean, you know what? That's I mean, pretty good. I mean, couple a couple of years in Minnesota, he was yep. mediocre at best. Yeah. Uh, mediocre at best. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, he's leading the Raiders to the Super Bowl. So I mean, and that was in his early. I think he was 33, 34 when that happened. So again, that's the a good comparison. May not be good the job, same. Joe. You know, uh, but a quick question on the uh, on the Giants. Now they've really played themselves out of you know out of a top draft pick. I mean they're possibly going to be a playoff team. They're going to be they're going to be nipping at the butt. Are they making a trade? Are they bringing in a wide receiver? Are they going to bring somebody in that can actually catch a ball? I mean Daniel Jones is one of the most efficient quarterbacks this year with with nobody catching the ball, with guys dropping balls left and right, and he's still one of the most efficient quarterbacks. It is I mean we're going to waste this year. If you no, know, I mean what do we do? Thanks, Joe. Well, look, I, I think the Jet, the uh, excuse me, I think the Giants organization. I get it, right? Like this year was supposed to be an evaluation year, but now the the season's going on, and it's clearly you got something to play for. So I almost feel like they owe it to the guys on this. T- I get it, you know, you don't want to give up a first round pick, a second round pick, maybe you don't want to mortgage the future because that's where it really. But I think you owe it to something to this organization right now, to this team right now, to go out there and at least get somebody who's a little bit more uh, of, a, of an, you know, like they're, they're going to Darius Slayton. I mean, you know, Richie James has had a nice season, not yet yesterday, notwithstanding. Now he's dealing with the concussion. I think they almost are forced to give up something of value to improve this team for the now because you're not any organization that can be turning down playoff spots. And right now the Giants are in, in, in line to be a playoff team this year and should be a playoff team this year. We'll continue the conversation next on 98.7 ESPN.